What's up, guys? My name is Leif Farneson, and you're listening to episode 28 of the Vegan Gym Podcast. My brother and I are vegan fitness coaches and bodybuilders who started this podcast as part of our mission to show the world that vegans are strong, healthy, compassionate badasses who are leading the charge against chronic disease, animal abuse, and climate change. We've had the opportunity to help thousands of vegans reach their fitness goals, but we're just getting started. Our goal is to help 1 million vegans get into the best shape of their lives. So if you believe in challenging the status quo and showing the world how badass veganism really is, then this podcast is for you. With that, let's jump right into today's episode. Uh, Anders is actually busy working on our vegan fitness challenge right now, uh, which we're running this week. So I'm going to be doing a solo episode this week, uh, but he's going to be back next week for for the next podcast. uh, So don't worry, but this one is just going to be me. Um, so I wasn't really sure that we'd ever do an episode on steroids. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, I'm sure that you know that Anders and I are vehemently opposed, uh, to steroid use. And we know that most of our listeners are too. Uh, but I was actually talking with one of our coaching clients a little bit ago. Um, his name is, uh, Dr. Adam Woods and he's a huge fan of the podcast. Uh, so shout out to you, Adam. Um, and during our conversation, I mentioned that we were thinking about recording an episode on steroids. And he was actually super pumped to hear this uh, because he said to me, it's our duty as natural bodybuilders to educate others on why steroids are dangerous. Um, it's really up to us to have the conversation, not just kind of brush it under the rug. And I think that's so true, and his words really resonated me, with me. So, um, so here we are. Uh, this episode um, was inspired by him, and I I feel like this is going to be a really good conversation. So, my goal in this podcast is really simple. Basically, I just want to educate you on steroids and provide a science based argument for why you should never take them. Um, so we're going to discuss exactly what steroids are, how they work, how they affect your body and health, and much more. Um, we're also going to be discussing other performance-enhancing drugs like SARMs. Uh, so we're going to define all this stuff. If you're not, uh, if you don't know what SARMs are or anything else, we're going to be uh, covering that in detail later in the podcast. But um, I just want to give you a little overview. So with that, let's jump right in and uh, begin by defining performance-enhancing drugs. Now, the term performance-enhancing drugs uh, most commonly refers to androgenic anabolic steroids like testosterone. Now, while testosterone is the most popular steroid, there is a laundry list of others. So there are plenty of different types of steroids, uh, but testosterone is what we'll be focusing on in this podcast. Um, Now, when we talk about uh, the androgenic anabolic uh, part, uh, anabolic refers to muscle building and androgenic refers to increased male sex characteristics. Um, So some other common names for anabolic steroids are gear, uh, it's often called juice, uh, or even roids uh, for short. So um, those terms are kind of just interchangeably used for steroids. So if you ever hear those words, uh, someone is referring to steroids. 
And, um, and as you probably know, steroids do have a medical purpose. Uh, healthcare providers can prescribe steroids to treat uh, her- hormonal issues such as delayed puberty. Uh, steroids can also be used to treat diseases that actually cause muscle loss uh, such as cancer and AIDS. Uh, but actually the people who abuse anabolic steroids and use them to actually build muscle and increase strength usually take them uh, either orally or they inject them into their muscles in doses that are about 10 to 100 times higher than doses that are prescribed to treat medical conditions. So they're on totally different uh, levels uh, between the the medical purpose and, um, and the abuse purpose for building muscle. So how exactly do steroids work? To understand how steroids work, we first need to look at the physiology of hormones. So hormones are basically chemical messengers that your body uses to communicate with other cells. Uh, So you can kind of think them as um, like outgoing mail, um, and it contains important instructions uh, like a letter. And when they reach a cell's hormone receptors, um, which you can think of as like a mailbox, then the letter is opened and the commands inside of the mail are carried out. So androgens are male sex hormones that produce male features such as facial hair, uh, a deep voice, increased muscle mass, and more. And according to research from the British Journal of Pharmacology, androgens exert their effects in the body in three primary ways. So for one, androgens bind to your cell's androgen receptors. For two, androgens uh, convert to the hormone dihydrotestosterone, or DHT, which then binds to androgen receptors. And then for three, androgens actually convert to the hormone uh, estrogen, which then binds to estrogen receptors in your body. Now, under normal circumstances, your body carefully regulates androgen production, and it kind of relies on a very sensitive feedback system uh, to prevent imbalances in your hormones. Hormone levels. But when you introduce anabolic steroids into your body, your cells actually become flooded with androgens uh, so that all of the available androgen receptors actually become fully saturated. And this sends a very powerful message to all cells, um, including muscle cells, which actually grow rapidly in response. So how much faster can you actually gain muscle mass by using steroids? Well, one case study from the International Journal of Sports Medicine followed an elite adult male bodybuilder over one year of self-administration of anabolic steroids. Now, during a single year, this guy gained 7 kilograms or 15.4 pounds of lean muscle mass. Now, that's roughly 15 times more than a natural bodybuilder with his training experience could ever hope to gain. So it obviously depends on a ton of factors like your training experience, uh, your steroid dosage, um, any kind of steroid cycle that you're doing, but you can expect to gain somewhere between 3 to 15 times more lean muscle mass using steroids than you can naturally. So now that we know the basics of how steroids work and how powerful they can actually be, let's discuss some other common questions about steroids. So first, are steroids legal? Well, in some places, such as in the United States, using or possessing any anabolic steroid without a prescription is illegal. 
They are controlled substances, and if you take steroids uh, without a medical prescription, then you are breaking the law. In the past 20 years, uh, more effective law enforcement in the U.S. has actually pushed much of the, st- of the illegal steroid industry into the black market. So this possesses additional health risks beyond just taking steroids because the drugs, these steroid drugs, are either made in other countries that don't have like uh, strict regulations and they're smuggled in or they're made in uh, clandestine labs in the United States. And either way, they aren't really subject to government safety standards and they can be um, impure or mislabeled or, um, or have some other harmful substances that are laced inside side of the steroids. So that sounds pretty freaking risky to me. Uh, that's, and that's, that's just on top of the, uh, the actual like steroid, uh, issues that you can have with your health, uh, which we'll discuss in a little bit. So are steroids vegan? Well, steroids are synthetically derived hormones, which means that they're made in a lab and they don't contain any animal products, uh, very similar to something like creatine. Uh, so steroids are vegan by virtue of the fact that they contain no animal products and no animal products are used in the creation of the actual product. However, steroids are routinely tested on animals, uh, usually rats. So it's really impossible to say which steroid manufacturers actually test on animals and which do not. So you can't really source steroids uh, from a vegan steroid manufacturer. Um, and I have a feeling that all of them do test on animals, so I don't even think that would be helpful. Um, and even if one doesn't, they're not going to be writing vegan on their packaging anytime soon. But then Advil and aspirin would not be vegan either because they're tested on animals too. So what about serious medical treatments for cancer or other serious illnesses? Most vegans aren't going to deny medical treatment for a serious illness or disease because the medicine is tested on animals. Now, I understand that steroids is completely different. Uh, It's not going to cure a headache or save your life. In fact, it mostly has negative health effects, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But I'm just saying the same argument could be applied. So technically, steroids are vegan because they don't have any animal products in them. uh, But at the same time, they are tested on animals. So I'm going to leave that uh, final judgment up to you. Um, so that's, uh, that's all we're going to talk about, um, in terms of vegans, in terms of steroids being vegan. So are there vegans who take steroids? Yes. Uh, so the fact that someone is vegan does not make him a natural bodybuilder, natural meaning they don't take steroids. Veganism requires you to avoid animal products, not remain steroid free. And as we just talked about, steroids could technically be, uh, be called uh, a vegan. So yes, the answer is most certainly. We actually know a few who have admitted to taking steroids and we suspect others, uh, we're not going to name names, but we do suspect others uh, who also take steroids. So yes, um, uh, vegan. there are vegans who take steroids. Now, most people who take steroids will lie about their steroid use. And this, the same thing goes for vegans who take steroids. Uh, so Uh, The only way of knowing for sure whether someone is uh, taking steroids is to have them admit uh, to taking them or by getting a drug test done. Uh, So is there any other way to know uh, whether someone's on steroids or not? Uh, And why do we suspect some people of taking steroids when they say they don't? 
Well, it um it there is uh, as I said, there's only one way to definitively know whether someone is on steroids or not, and that's by um, either having them admit to taking them or witnessing them taking steroids or uh, something else that is like very obvious. Uh, but if you know their height, if you know their weight and their body fat percentage, then you can actually calculate their fat-free mass index, which is a fairly accurate assessment of whether someone is natural or not. Now, the fat-free mass index, which is abbreviated FFMI, is kind of like the body mass index, which is abbreviated BMI, but instead of analyzing only your body weight, uh, as BMI measurements do, the fat-free mass index actually takes into account your muscle mass. So my body weight is 193 pounds, or 87.5 kilograms, and my height is 5 feet and 11 inches, or 1.80 meters. So the equation for body mass index is your body weight in kilograms divided by your height in meters squared. So uh, my BMI would be 87.5 kilograms divided by 1.8 squared, uh, which equals 27.0. And a BMI of 25 or more is considered overweight. So by BMI standards, I'm actually overweight. Uh, yet I also have visible six-pack abs. Uh, they're not that defined um, because I'm a little heavier than usual, but they are certainly visible, um, especially with the right lighting. So in my opinion, BMI is actually a really poor representation of a person's health or fitness, especially for athletes and bodybuilders. So we turn to the fat-free mass index. So let's actually go ahead and calculate my fat-free mass index. Now, the calculation for fat-free mass index takes into account your body fat percentage. And I'm currently at approximately 15% body fat. So the equation for fat-free mass index equals your lean body mass in kilograms uh, divided by your height in meters squared. So basically the same calculation for BMI, but instead of using body weight, we're using lean body mass. And lean body mass is your body weight minus your body fat weight. So it's basically your entire body weight uh, minus all of the fat that you're carrying around. So my lean body mass would be 87.5 kilograms times 1 minus 0.15. Now the 0.15 represents the 15% body fat. So I'm taking 87.5 kilograms, which is my body weight, and I'm multiplying by 0.85, which means that 85% of my body weight is lean mass, um, and the other 15% is my body fat. Uh, and we come out with 74.4 kilograms. So my fat-free mass index can then be calculated by dividing uh, 74.4 kilograms uh, by 1.8 uh, squared. And we get uh, 22.95 and uh, just uh, so you know, Anders uh, weighs 170 pounds, uh, which is 77.1 kilograms. Uh, his height is 5 feet and 9 inches, or about 1.75 meters, and his body fat is 15%. So, uh, so his fat-free mass index is 21.5. So mine's 22.95, and his is 21.5. And these are important numbers, uh, be, and we'll talk about why in just a minute. 
Um, but if you want to calculate your fat-free mass index and math really isn't your thing, then you can actually just Google fat-free mass index calculator and you can plug in all of your own information. There are a ton of different uh, fat-free mass index calculators available online. You can do the same thing with your BMI if you're curious. So now you know uh, our fat-free mass index numbers, so let's find out whether we really raise any flags for potential uh, steroid use. So there is quite a bit of controversy on this subject, but a study that was published in the October 1995 issue of the Clinical Journal of Sports Medicine analyzed a sample of 157 male athletes comprising 83 users of anabolic androgenic steroids and 74 non-users. Uh, so in this study, the researchers determined that the fat-free mass index, quote, may represent a useful initial measure to screen for possible steroid use, end quote. So they also determined that a fat-free mass index of 25 is pretty much an upper limit for someone who does not uh, use steroids, who, who is remaining natural. So a fat-free mass index of 19, uh, FYI, is also the average for most males. Now, none of the uh, non-steroid users in this study uh, had a fat-free mass index of greater than 25, while many of the steroid users in this study had a fat-free mass index of greater than 25. So many people in the, in the fitness industry have referenced this study uh, in really establishing a fat-free mass index of 25 as the upper limit of natural bodybuilding. Uh, so by this logic, anyone over a fat-free mass index of 25 is suspicious and quite possibly a steroid user. Uh, so while I happen to think that this upper limit actually holds mostly true, you should take this study with a grain of salt. So we can't exactly draw sweeping conclusions from a sample size of only 157 people. Uh, furthermore, the only criteria for getting into this study was that you are at least 16 years of age and have been training for at least two years. So technically, some 16-year-old dude who's been doing nothing but bicep curls uh, once a week for the last two years could have joined this study. Um, I don't think that was the case, but uh, technically, based on the criteria for getting in, that guy could have gotten in. Um, and I also think it's safe to assume that most steroid users have been training for a lot longer than most non-steroid users on average. Um, and I don't really have any hard data to back this up, just my personal observations and some reasoning. And I really say this because many people who start taking steroids do so after years of training naturally. So they kind of hit a plateau in their natural gains and they want to really keep pushing their physique forward. Uh, and slow results can really be uh, discouraging, so they turn to steroids. Um, so that's and that's not at all like a, a, a generalization either. There are many people who stay natural for their entire lives, but um, I think on average, as I said, most steroid users have been training for longer than non-steroid users. So that's another uh, reason you should take this study with a grain of salt. Now, this study also admitted that, quote, one cannot definitively diagnose steroid use simply on the basis of the fat-free mass index, end quote. 
So in conclusion, if you test every single bodybuilder in the world, the majority of people with a fat-free mass index over 25 will be steroid users. But I'm guessing that you're also going to find a small, a very small percentage of people over a fat-free mass index of 25 who are natural as well. And conversely, I think you're going to find many steroid users who are actually below a fat-free mass index of 25. You don't start taking steroid and automatically have this incredible physique and have a fat-free mass index over 25. Uh, So unless you have actual evidence of someone taking steroids, there's really no need to make accusations. Um, As you can tell from our numbers that we discussed earlier, um, I have a fat-free mass index of 22.95 and Honors has a fat-free mass index of 21.5, which means that we are both pretty far under the uh, 25 uh, limit uh, for uh, the the study that this study discussed. That doesn't mean that we're not taking steroids. That's that's not like as I just said. That doesn't mean someone is not taking steroids. Uh, but you can get a pretty good idea of whether someone is or is not taking steroids based on their fat free mass index. And all I'm saying in referencing this study is that we don't raise any red flags with our fat free mass index numbers. So. Most people uh, who who do um, focus on making accusations with uh, with people who are on steroids and they they claim like fake natty, which means like I I think that person's on steroids and they're they're lying about it. Most people who do that are just too focused on other people to build an impressive physique on their own. So I've done this myself sometimes where I'll look at someone and I'll be like, oh, is he on steroids or is he not? It's like pretty difficult to tell and I can't say for sure. But I try to not do that because it's really just a distraction. It doesn't matter. Most people are going to lie about their steroid use anyways. You're not going to tra- change their mind. You're just going to have an argument and get nowhere. So it doesn't make any sense. So just focus on on building your own physique and uh, and get as far as you possibly can. Uh, try to reach your potential in terms of fitness. Um, and uh, I would recommend that you do it without steroids, but um, focus on you. Um, focus on reaching your fitness potential and don't really bash other people just because they're bigger and stronger than you. I think lots of people tend to do that if they feel intimidated or they look at someone else's physique and feel like they look much better. Uh, that other person looks much better than they, they have their defenses up and they want to, uh, give some reason for why they don't look like that other person. And steroids is definitely the most common, um, excuse that people use, uh, when it comes down to it. So, um, I've been accused of taking steroids many, many times and, um, on one hand, that is a real compliment to my hard work. Like I've been training for 10 years and I put in a lot of effort. Uh, so that is a compliment to all my hard work and dedication. But on the other hand, it's kind of also a dig at my hard work. They're, uh, they're trying to say, Hey, you only were able to do that because you took steroids or something. And, and that's, that hurts. And, and I know that happens to a lot of other bodybuilders and it's not really nice to receive all of that negative energy 
energy. So uh, it's easy to label these people as haters and try to brush them off. Uh, but sometimes it does hurt to hear that because there are so many negative connotations that surround steroid use. So uh, really don't do that to other people. Uh, really just focus on yourself. Try to reach your own uh, potential. Um, it's a lot more constructive. It's a lot more positive and you're not putting that negative energy out in the world, which is completely unnecessary. So um, so that leads me to the next question. Am I interested by the thought of taking steroids? Well, on some level, I have to admit, yes, I do like the idea of making faster progress in the gym. Um, so Anders and I have both been training for about 10 years and we're at the point where we can really only gain about one to two pounds of muscle per year. And that's kind of what I was talking about earlier in, in the fact that many steroid users have been training naturally for a while and then they kind of hit a limit in terms of how much muscle they can build. So they want to keep making uh, faster gains and they, they try to uh, – try to increase the the muscle and strength gain rates by turning to drugs. So on some level, yes, I'm interested by uh, like drastically increasing my results and making faster progress. Um, and I'm a really competitive guy, so I like pushing my physique to the next level. So the idea of taking steroids is tempting on some level, um, but... There are three main reasons why I will never, ever take steroids or any other type of performance-enhancing drug. So for one, I prefer a natural look. So even though I'm, I'm, I like the idea of gaining more strength and gaining more muscle, I do prefer a natural look. Uh, so my ideal physique, I believe, is also my uh, peak potential physique. Um, uh, so I'm about, uh, somewhere between eight or 10 pounds of lean muscle mass away from my goal physique, which as I've mentioned before in the podcast is 190 pounds at 10% body fat. So, uh, so I'm a, I, as I said earlier, I'm 5'11", uh, by the way. Uh, and it's, it's quite possible that I'm going to never reach that goal. I've been training for quite some time and I'm really at the point where I can only gain about one to two pounds of muscle per year, but I think it is possible for me to reach 190 pounds at 10% body fat. Um, I'm going to continue, uh, dedicating myself to my training, my nutrition and putting in lots of work. My strength has been increasing like crazy over the last, uh, three to six months, uh, because I've been really dialed in on my training program and really kind of crushing my uh, nutrition during this uh, this bulking period that I've been in. So, um, so I think it is possible for me to reach this goal physique by the time I reach the age of 32 or so. Um, I actually just turned 27, so that's about five years or or so away, and I think it's it's possible for me to reach that goal in that time frame. So there are, I, there are certainly some natural guys uh, who look enhanced. They look like they're on steroids. And there are some guys on steroids who look natural. So I understand that there's no definitive line that's really drawn between these two groups. Uh, even though I say I prefer a natural look, I'm just saying I don't prefer a, an enormous look. So I've always been drawn to like the classic looking bodybuilders, uh, kind of in the, the pre-steroid era of bodybuilding. 
and um, and I respect the hell out of uh, modern professional bodybuilders, uh, guys like uh, Phil Heath and Kai Green. Uh, but it's not a look that I want to emulate with my physique. I think that they're way too massive. I don't think they look good. I don't think they have their health is there. And and I don't think it's attractive. I don't want to look like that. And there's that's um that's way too extreme in my opinion. I respect that so much because I know how much hard work and dedication goes into it. There's so many people who just say, "Oh, steroids like no, you could not get to Phil Heath's level if you take steroids. Like he is gifted both genetically and he's also he also has incredible work ethic. Um there are some documentaries out uh out there that have him in them and you can just see like how much how badly he wants it, how much work he puts in and uh and he just has a a perfect physique for uh being competitive on the Olympia stage. I understand that he just actually lost um in uh, in trying to defend his title uh but he's still one of the best bodybuilders of all time. Um, and, and that's really impressive on some level, but I also, I don't want, just because I think that's impressive doesn't mean I want to look like that. So I'm not training to become a professional bodybuilder. I train to simply look good and feel good. That's, that's really it. And I train because I, I want to practice what I preach and I want to help other people become super fit and I want to really show them that it's possible to become super fit, but functionally fit. I don't need to have tons and tons of muscle mass and look like I can't do anything else. Uh, so that's not really my goal. I prefer a natural look. So that's number one. Number two is that doing it naturally is much, much simpler. So steroids are often seen as a shortcut to get a better physique, but it's not really that simple. It's not as simple as just popping some pills or taking some injections in your butt. Uh, without having to micromanage steroid doses and cycles and stuff, I can focus 100% on the only two basic things that matter, which are my training and nutrition. And I have complete control over those, as do you. Uh, so I rather just focus on that stuff and really dial in that stuff and and bring my intensity and commitment and really focus on my training and nutrition than worrying about uh, the, my steroid cycles or or uh, my dosages and stuff like that. That actually complicates things. That doesn't make it easier. That makes it more complex. And I think that many people who tar- who start taking steroids actually become more way too focused on pharmacology uh, than actually dialing in their diet and and nutrition more. Um, so they're focused more on drugs than their diet and nutrition. And uh, and I think that's a really slippery slope. And I think that can get really really dangerous. Um, and the third reason I will never do steroids or any other kind of uh, performance enhancing drugs is that steroids have the potential to destroy your health. Now, this is really the reason that um, means the most to me. Uh, I initially went vegan for my health after a serious cancer scare uh, during my senior year of college. So my health is of utmost importance to me. And, uh, and that even trumps my fitness and physique. My health is more important to me than my physique. So that's why I'm going to spend uh, some time now diving really deep into the health science behind steroid use, because I think it's really important for 
everyone uh, to understand the the health risks associated with steroid use. So much of the information that I'm going to be covering uh, in the next section comes from the National Institutes of Health. And unless I cite my sources uh, directly, you can just assume that all of this information comes directly from the National Institutes of Health. So let's begin. What are the harmful effects of steroid use? Well, let's look at the short-term effects first. So abusing anabolic steroids can lead to um, to lots of medical problems uh, such as uh, paranoia, extreme irritability, uh, delusions like false beliefs or ideas. Uh, it can lead to impaired judgment. Um, extreme mood swings can also occur. Uh, this is what people are talking about when they talk about roid rage. Uh, they're talking about um, the angry feelings or behavior that, that may lead to violence as a result of steroid abuse. Um, so the short-term effects can also be things like acne, uh, elevated blood pressure, lower sperm counts. Those are some of the short-term effects. Um, and these effects can largely be reversible uh, when a steroid user actually stops taking steroids. However, permanent damage is quite likely if you're taking steroids for any period of time. So then we get into the long-term effects that, um, that might be uh, more permanent. So anabolic steroids can uh, lead to serious, even permanent health problems such as uh, male pattern baldness, uh, kidney problems or failure, uh, liver damaged, um, cardiovascular issues such as an, an enlarged heart, uh, high blood pressure, uh, higher chances of um, uh, changes in your blood cholesterol, uh, and all of those increase the risk of stroke and heart attack even in young people. So you see lots of steroid users who are in their 20s and they're dying because of cardiovascular complications. Um, another long-term effect is gynecomastia, which is breast development, um, as a result of testosterone to estrogen conversion. And this is a side effect that is prevalent in about 37% of steroid users, um, according to one 2000 study. Um, and gynecomastia is not generally reversible. So you're kind of stuck with it if you start taking steroids and develop uh, gynecomastia. So that was an overview of the potential detrimental effects of steroid use, but let's dive a bit deeper. So a 2014 paper published in the Endocrine Reviews Journal noted a fairly exhaustive list of potential maladies associated with steroid use. So cardiovascular risks actually top the list in terms of severity. Now this paper also cites, quote, well-recognized and probably seriously concerning evidence for testicular dysregulation, major mood disorders like mania and depression, and dependence, end quote. But let's get back to health problems for a minute because I do think they are, uh, they, they seem to be the most broadly studied and accepted concern, uh, potential health risk of steroid use. So a 2015 paper referencing 25 independent case studies of bodybuilders ages 19 to 54 who use high-dose anabolic steroids found that these men suffer a frightening mix of fatal and non-fatal cardiopathies, including heart attack, uh, where blood supply is cut off from the heart, resulting in heart damage or failure, and also stroke uh, when blood supply is cut off from the brain. 
Long-term use of steroids can lead to atherosclerosis, which is the hardening and narrowing of arteries, which can result in heart attack and heart failure. The water retention associated with anabolic steroid use contributes to high blood pressure, which, according to a study out of the University of Saarland in Germany, can persist for up to a year after discontinuation of steroid use. Another effect of steroid use is left ventricular myocardial hypertrophy, which is the growth and thickening of the left ventricle of your heart, which is the main pumping chamber of the heart. So this makes the heart less elastic and unable to pump blood as forcefully as required, which in turn increases the risk of heart attack and stroke. While most of the available published research focuses on male steroid users, it could be argued that the effects on females are even more severe and permanent. In addition to the general health risks that we already covered, female steroid users experience a deepening of the voice, enlargement of the clitoris, decreased breast size, altered menstruation, and baldness. Another major downside to steroid use is the risk of biological and psychological addiction. A 2009 study from the Department of Psychiatry from Harvard Medical School found that 30% of steroid users developed a dependence syndrome characterized by chronic steroid use despite adverse effects on physical, psychosocial, or occupational functioning. Steroid dependence shares many features with classical drug dependence. For example, hamsters will actually self-administer steroids even to the point of death. And both humans and animals exhibit a well-documented steroid withdrawal syndrome. With all these potential health risks, it's no surprise that some athletes and bodybuilders who abuse steroids try to prevent these health risks from ever occurring. And they do that by taking steroids in ways that include cycling, uh, which is taking doses for a period of time and then stopping for a time and then restarting. Uh, they also do it by stacking, which is combining two or more different types of steroids. And they also do it by pyramiding, which is slowly increasing the steroid dose or fre frequency of abuse, reaching a peak amount, and then gradually tapering off. However, there is zero scientific evidence that any of these practices reduce the harmful medical consequences of these drugs. So in concluding the health effects of steroid use, bodybuilders and other athletes certainly achieve physical gains from steroids, but at what cost? The long-term effects of steroids haven't been rigorously studied, and the short-term benefits are tempered by many, many risks, as we've just discussed. Not to mention that doping, uh, which is using steroids, is prohibited by many sports organizations and steroids are actually illegal in the U.S. and many other countries. So no matter how you look at it, using performance enhancing drugs like steroids is very risky. Uh, this is precisely why many bodybuilders and athletes have turned to other steroid-like substances uh, such as SARMs, which is thought to be less damaging to your body. However, the limited research conducted on SARMs is not convincing. So what exactly are SARMs? Well, SARM, S-A-R-M, stands for Selective Androgen Receptor Modulator, and it's a type of drug that's chemically similar to anabolic steroids. 
Now, there are quite a few SARMs on the market, and some are stronger and have a higher risk of side effects than others. But basically, they're all just non-steroid drugs that are really designed to stimulate the androgen receptors in just your muscle and bone cells. So this, in effect, is supposed to protect other cells in your body and the endocrine system as a whole. So in other words, taking steroids is like carpet bombing your body with a B-52 loaded with androgens. It gets the job done, but there's a ton of collateral damage. Taking SARMs, though, is like a precision drone strike to your muscle and bone cells with little collateral damage. In other words, SARMs actually helps your muscles grow without all the collateral damage to the rest of your body that steroids induces. So how well do SARMs actually work? Well, research from the Boston University School of Medicine in 2010 showed that SARMs aren't as powerful for building muscle as traditional steroids, but they're certainly more effective than anything natural that you can take, such as creatine. They're also popular among athletes because they're harder to detect in drug testing, according to a 2008 study from the University of Western Australia. So even though SARMs might sound like low-strength steroids without all of the downsides, not much is known. Known about the side effects of SARMs. They've only been around for a few decades and there's very little human research available on them. So we don't know everything about how they work in your body and their long-term uh, potential side effects. And as the saying goes, if something sounds too good to be true, then it probably is. And for example, many SARMs manufacturers actually claim that these drugs don't suppress your natural testosterone production like steroids do. Well, this is a complete lie. They most certainly do. In a 12-week, double-blind, placebo-controlled clinical trial, researchers found that male subjects taking 3 milligrams of SARMs per day for 86 days experienced a 23% drop in free testosterone and a 43% drop in total testosterone levels. In fact, SARMs have been investigated by researchers at the College of Pharmacy at Ohio State University to be used as a male contraceptive because they greatly reduce sperm count and testosterone levels. Yikes! And that's not that surprising when you consider the basic physiology in play. When you introduce androgens into the body, it recognizes the spike and responds by reducing its own production of testosterone. And this is the same thing that happens when you take steroids, as we discussed earlier. And finally, preliminary research from Vanderbilt University School of Medicine found that SARMs likely increase your risk of developing cancer. So we really don't know all of the exact long-term effects of SARMs because they're so new, but given the nature of these drugs, it's quite likely that there are some major health consequences that will be further researched and revealed in the coming years. So will I ever take steroids or SARMs? No freaking way. I'd rather be stick thin than risk my health in any way in pursuit of my fitness and physique goals. I've been through a major health scare before. I know what that feels like. I never want to go through that again. I prioritize my health over everything when it comes to fitness. And if you're skeptical, if you've seen a picture on Instagram and you think, oh, Leif, you're a little too big to be natural... I'd be totally down to take a public drug test or polygraph or both. So if you ever happen to come to an event where I'm at, please be sure to bring your testing equipment and, uh, and we'll get that all sorted out. Um, 
honestly, my physique really isn't that impressive. Uh, I do, I put in a ton of work. I feel really good with where I'm at. Um, but when I shred down to about 8% body fat or so, I'm only about 170 pounds standing at 5 feet and 11 inches tall. So I might look pretty good with the right lighting, with the right angles, um, but honestly, I'm not that big. I I just um, I I can shred down and and look ripped, but I'm not that big. I don't have that much muscle mass, and even still, I'm very humbled to have people say that they aspire to have my physique or or they admire how much work I've put in. That's an enormous honor. I. I really, really appreciate hearing that and to hear that I serve as a role model or an inspiration for, for anyone truly means the world to me. Um, I'm, I'm so grateful to even have that opportunity to inspire others, to motivate others. I take that very, very seriously and, and, and as such, I would never deceive anyone. I, I don't have a problem with people who choose to use steroids, but I do have a major problem with people who choose to use steroids who deny that they use steroids, uh, both to their family and uh, to in natural competitions. If they decide to compete uh, as a steroid user in a natural competition and, uh, and be deceptive about that. I hate that people lie about steroid use because it sets unrealistic expectations for other people who don't use steroids. And I think, I think if you use steroids and you lie about it, I think you suck for making people feel like crap because other people who are natural, they work their asses off and they don't look like you because you have an unfair advantage. You're cheating if you're lying about it. And that's, that's the major reason. That's another major reason I would never lie about steroid use, period. And that's because I used to be there. I used to be a skinny little stick, literally about 60 pounds lighter than I am right now at the same height. And I didn't think that it was possible to build an impressive physique. I I didn't think it was possible. And, and anyone who said, oh, yeah, you can do this naturally if they were if they were huge and on steroids and stuff, I wouldn't have known. And I, I would have just thought that's not possible for me. And if you showed me a picture 10 10 years ago when I first started lifting of what I look now, I'd probably also think that that I had taken steroids uh, because I didn't know what was possible. So I understand that people are skeptical, but I promise you, if you work your ass off as a natural, if you put everything you have into it, if you bring the intensity, if you have the commitment, if you nail down your diet and your training program, it is possible. It takes a ton of, of effort. It takes a ton of time. And, um, and over the past decade, I have worked my ass off. I've put so much effort in. And when I first started, I didn't have the right plan. I failed. And, and then I changed up my plan. I changed up my diet and I worked my ass off some more and I failed some more. And it wasn't until about three years ago when I finally got the right strategy. And, um, and I've been working my ass off since, and I've made most most of my progress in the last three years because that's when I finally found the right strategy and everything just kind of came into alignment. So I'm finally, I can finally say that I'm getting really close to my goal physique and I'm not quite sure where I ultimately, 
uh, want to be. I think it's going to be about 190 pounds of 10% body fat, uh, but I'm certainly heading in the right direction at a very steady pace. And I want people to look at at my physique now and and look at my physique when I first started and know that it's possible to achieve what I've achieved naturally with tons of hard work and dedication. And while I do think uh, that most of your progress uh, comes from hard work and comes from uh, getting you know, the right strategy, the right uh, the right nutrition, the right training. Uh, I will acknowledge that genetics and body structure do play a part. I think it's a much smaller part than most people uh, claim because it seems like most people want an excuse for why they can't do it or why it's not working for them. And I, I really wish that weren't the case. I think you just focus on becoming the best version of you in all areas of your life, but especially uh, we're, we're talking about fitness right now. So when it comes to fitness, I want to see you guys try to push to your peak potential in fitness and not worry about um, uh, not worry about what other people look like or just focus on you. Um, I think that Anders and I do have pretty good genetics. I don't think we have the the worst. I don't think we have the best. So your physique potential might surpass ours or your, your uh, potential might not quite be as high as ours. But if you look at our physiques and you know that you can achieve something close to what we've achieved uh, if or even more than we've achieved, if you put in the hard work, if you really try hard to nail a strategy, um, I'm here to tell you, you don't need steroids. You don't need uh, any other toxic drugs or substances. You can be super fit, muscular, and ripped as a natural athlete. So in my opinion, there is no point to taking steroids. Plus... Most importantly, you're going to have your health, which is far more valuable than six-pack abs or big biceps. So that's going to be a wrap for this podcast. Um, if you if you feel like you've had trouble making progress and, uh, and you think that you're nowhere close to your potential, then I really understand your frustration. I understand that's difficult. Um, I struggled for years and years to improve my body image of myself, and I was putting in a lot of work. I just didn't have the right plan. I didn't have the right strategy. I didn't know what I was doing. And if you feel like you're busting your ass and and you've been doing that, but you can't make any progress, if you're not getting the results you want and you feel like you've plateaued or you're just not moving forward anymore, then you really need the right strategy locked down. And um, first and foremost, you should check out our other episodes of our podcast. We go into lots of detail about strategy, both for nutrition and training. Um, But also my brother and I are always looking for highly committed vegans uh, to apply to our our online coaching program called the Vegan Gains Academy. I'm not going to go into much detail now, but if you want to learn more about the academy, you can go to vegangainsacademy.com to learn more um, about the program and and uh, and learn how to submit your application uh, to get that process started. So. Um, just thought I'd, I'd throw that out in case you're really struggling and you're like, I need uh, a new plan. So 
Thank you guys so much for for listening to this episode. I hope that you found tons of value in it. Uh, If you found this episode to be super valuable, then please show your support by subscribing to the podcast, submitting a review, and sharing this episode with a friend. Um, Thank you guys so much for your time. I really appreciate you coming uh, here every week and listening to what we have to say about vegan fitness. This is what I love talking about. This is what I love doing, and the fact that people are interested in hearing what I have to talk about and, and Anders has to talk about, it means the world to us. So thank you so much. Um, I hope that you guys have a freaking fantastic week. And as always, keep challenging the freaking status quo.